just to remind everyone, we're right in between that. When I wake up in the morning, lay my head at rest. All right. Well, let's give it a little time here. All right. Did you get that? All right. Psalms 121. Thank you, musicians. And going to have everyone participate in this psalm. Happy birthday, brother Frank Fletcher. Seems like I'm always ministering on the Sunday that they have the little gathering. So happy birthday. God bless you. Psalms 121. We want to remember the believers in China. I asked Brother Murphy uh, this morning uh, specifically, and it's illegal to gather and have service or have a meeting. So we are blessed tonight. And we need to be thankful every time we gather in the name of Jesus that we can feed off of his word. And we know there's a lot of things happening in the world today. Politics and sports and, you know, health. We can all focus on health things or issues, but we want to focus on the word of God. As we just bow our heads tonight, who would just say, Lord, I want I want to just feed from your word. Just want to feed strength, Lord, and draw some nutrients now. Lord, we bow our heads as a family tonight. Just gathered around the table. I've heard a lot of needs tonight and requests. And I'm sure there's unspoken requests and burdens on one's hearts, Lord. Just looking for direction, leadership, making decisions, making choices. I pray that you'd bless the assembly tonight. Strengthen every person. Some aren't here, Lord. Some are weary in body. We just pray that healing would flow through the body. And we do remember the bride in China. We remember the bride in that region, Lord, many unable to travel and gather. I just pray, God, you would bless them. Let us appreciate more and more as the day approaches when we can gather in your name. And Lord, we cast all of our cares upon you. As we heard this morning, you ministering to us all of our cares we cast upon you for you care for us tonight. Bless the word and break it down to every person from the youngest to the oldest. Let there be food for each life. Let every prayer be answered. Go beyond our expectations. Say things tonight that is uh, not in Brother John's notes or in his mind. We want the mind of Christ. And we want the Holy Spirit to have his way in every life and every need and every situation. Lord, life was not going to continue on as we know it now. We know there is a day that you will come back for your people. We all want to be ready. Bless your word tonight in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Tonight we want to speak on consequences of decisions and choices. So we want to look at that word, not in negative, but in positive So let's all read uh, Psalms 121, starting at verse 1. It's just eight verses, so let's all read it together uh, out loud. Can we do that? I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. He will not suffer thy foot to be moved. He that keepeth thee will not slumber. Behold, he that keepeth Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is thy keeper. The Lord is thy shade upon thy right hand. The sun shall not smite thee by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve thee from all evil. He shall preserve thy soul. 
The Lord shall preserve thy going out and thy coming in from this time forth and even forevermore. Hallelujah. Thus saith the Lord. Look in verse 5 again. The Lord is thy keeper. The Lord is thy shade upon thy right hand. Verse 1. Also, I wanted to emphasize. I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills from whence cometh. My help, my help cometh from the Lord. God bless you. You can have your seats tonight as we feed from his word. I think as we move along in life, the more we realize the word is more than life to us. We want to look at this tonight on consequences of decisions and choices. Maybe listen closely tonight to the word. We're not going to have filler. Our time is limited and your strength is limited. Let's look deep into the word consequences of decisions and choices. Consequences are what happens after. After you make a decision and after you make a choice, it's the effects of your decision. It's the outcome. And I want to encourage every person here tonight. There might have been mistakes in your life and things you've done wrong. But the battle's not over. Consequences. It might be weighing heavily upon your heart. Some decision. Or some choice. Maybe if you look back over your past. You've made wrong decisions. And wrong choices. Let's look at this tonight. Because it has to do with concerns also. There's concerns of decisions or If you make a certain choice, what's going to follow that? What's the result of that? What is the penalty of that, good or bad? I was listening to Brother Branham driving to service tonight, and he was talking about, you might remember the young lady that uh, married the young man that had given his heart to the Lord, just newly, freshly. And uh, he had had struggles in his past. I think it was drinking and alcohol. And she said, I I married you because I love you. And if there ever would be a time, just think about this. If there would ever be a time in your life or our lives now as we're married that you would fall or that you would fail. I want you to come back home. I married you because I love you. And Brother Branham said, multiply that by billions and billions, the love of God. Think about the consequences of the love of God. That God chose you and I to be his bride and his wife. And nothing that will happen in our lifetime can take away that love. Hallelujah. So there are things that happen after we make decisions and choices. I want you to think about this tonight. And there's many even in this building or will stream the service that have made positive choices and positive decisions to follow Christ. Some are here that have moved your families to this church or fed on the word. Many have placed jobs and secular things second or third or last. You've put your own human self behind your children or behind your health. God bless you for that. God's not a debtor to no person. You say, Brother John, I'm suffering because of some decisions or choices that I made. Things maybe aren't the way you'd like them to be. 
It's not over yet. Just remember, God's billion times billion, His love for us. And I want you to think about this, our decisions and our choices that you and I make on earth. God's will will happen regardless. But God has placed all of us here on free moral agency, not just to accept or reject our salvation, but in our day-to-day decisions, in the life choices that we make, God's interested. I heard it coming to service. Brother Bam said God is interested in old people. God's interested in young people. He's interested in little children and boys and girls. Let's turn to Philippians chapter 2, verse 5. God is interested about you. So it's not all negative when we speak about consequences and decisions and choices that we are making tonight. Philippians chapter 2, verse 5. We could have opened with these scriptures, but it comes back to the inspiration that Brother Branham had. God give us a church that's so completely anointed with God to their every action and move is thus saith the Lord. They walk in that Shekinah glory and I'll show you a Messiah, an anointed one of God standing upon the earth. Now, as you found Philippians chapter 2, verse 5, I just want to repeat what I just said. This is the end of 1964, and Brother Branham cries out in the service, Give me a church that's so completely anointed with God, till their every action and move is thus, saith the Lord. Now, we, we will require that of our ministry to find the mind of the Lord for a service. And that's a high standard. But I think it needs to trickle down to all of us, young and old, that we are seeking the mind of the Lord in our thoughts and our actions as thus saith the Lord. Paul in Philippians 2 verse 5. Let's read this out loud together. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. It's a tall order tonight, but it's the mind of Christ. Let this mind or this way of thinking or this attitude or your approach in life, everything about your decisions, everything about your choices, be the mind of Christ. Let's turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 16. Another place before we go into the message tonight. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Verse 16. You know, I'll be honest with you. A lot of times people, even believers, make decisions and choices. Then when it doesn't go right, they want to blame the ministry. Or they want to blame the church. I think it's time that that responsibility put back on be individuals. It's not all the ministry. It's not all the church. But if the ministry is seeking to know that what we deliver is the mind of Christ, that, that's a that's something that every child, every adolescent or teenager, middle-aged or elder person, there's something in the Word for you tonight. Do you believe that? And so in 1 Corinthians 2, verse 16, Paul said, For who hath known 
the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him. But we have the mind of Christ. So now this is Paul letting the church know that who hath known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him. But we have the mind of Christ. Tonight we should be able to say about every matter and about every choice or decision we face. There's something in the word where God is trying to anoint by his spirit to lead you and I. It's so wonderful tonight to have the Holy Spirit. We have the mind of Christ. Uh, we just came back from Dallas. I mentioned this to the young people on Friday, but uh, while we were there, I think it was Saturday or Sunday morning, we were going to the service and there came out a text on, on everyone's cell phone and alerts by email and text, child abduction, amber alert. And it gave a certain color of car and certain color of uh, make and model. They're, they're interested because a young girl had been abducted. She had been taken, a young child. And it just came immediately to my thoughts how Satan has tried to abduct our youth or our young people over the years. And you know, when even the world broadcasts that to everyone's cell phone and everyone's emails, they want everybody to be on high alert. Someone that is of lower age has been taken. Be on alert. Let's find them. And the police and everyone's trying to find this abducted person. If they can do that in the natural, how much more the spiritual? God sends out an alert. This young person, this old person, this believer is in trouble. It's time to go out and grab them. Bring them back to the mind of Christ. They're wondering. They've lost their mind. They've got amnesia. And the Holy Spirit goes out and brings them back to the fold. That's the mind of Christ. As we, as we look now at, at consequences, when Brother Branham spoke about this in, in, in Chautauqua, Ohio, and the reaction to an action, he said, you can't bluff it. You can't bluff it. You got to have it. You can't bluff it, he said. Satan knows when you're bluffing. And he also knows when you've got it. Your heart condemns you not and you're a Christian. You have a right to every promise that God made in his book. It's yours. No matter what the consequences is and what the outcome, you don't look at that. You look at the faith that God gives you to the promise. There it stands there and nothing will move it. Nothing's going to move the bride. But when you look at your life and my life and, and I'm just leaving it to the Holy Spirit individually for you, speaking about decisions and choices. What comes after you make this decision? Positive? There are fruits that come from making the right decision. And there's also results and concern negatively. When a person makes the wrong decision and wrong choice that as individuals we make on earth. You that are interested know Brother Branham preached this, the power of decision in Chicago. You know that, the power of decision. The next night he preaches on the results of the decision. So he takes this in Chicago, what Brother John's speaking on. Then later in Los Angeles he speaks on a time of decision. And then later in Chicago, again, the time of decision. So this is the message tonight. 
There are consequences as we come to crossroads and junctions. And we all either have been there or were there tonight. Or even tonight after the service or tomorrow, there's decisions we make. And we want to make sure there's been word deposited in our souls. That the Holy Spirit can take a hold of that and move you and I into where it's thus saith the Lord. Where we're not defaulting back to our old nature or what we did Saturday. That, that's yesterday. But by today, there's been something deposited into your spiritual lives. That we're not hearing the word only. But God's moving us into channels. I pray that it become more of that in 2020 for all of us. That God would create these desires and create this maturity. Create this nature of himself in us as his people. I think it's so vital. I believe it's so important as, as again we spoke to the young people. Serving Jesus Christ is number one. I wonder if this church on a Sunday night will cast in your vote for that. Serving Christ is number one. To be a Christian is the main thing. To love the Lord with all our heart and our soul and our mind is the dominating force. And I I do want to encourage you what we spoke to our young people. It shouldn't be a strange thing what we spoke to them about. But it's, it's greater to us as a church, local church, that our children know the Lord and are Christians than if they become a famous NHL star, hockey star, or NBA star. It's better that our young people love the Lord than to be an NFL star, CFL star. Amen. That they find their place as a believer and love the Lord is greater to us than any of our young ladies would be a social media queen. Or an internet star, or winning an Oscar, or, uh, you know, some other award tonight on television, some YouTube phenomena, or fashion beauty. But to serve the Lord and be a Christian in simplicity, that's how we ought to encourage one another. Amen. Brother Tom mentioned, uh, Kobe Bryant that last Sunday, while most of us were in service in the morning, lost his life, but he also had his teenage daughter with her, with him. 13 years old, Gigi was her name. And I just, uh, Brother Tom did a wonderful uh, um, um, expression this morning for all of us. But I wonder about his daughter. I wonder what Gigi Bryant would say tonight. Or what she would say to her father tonight. Wherever they are. Because she was 13 years old, was she accountable? Had she reached that time of being accountable, young lady? I wonder, had she ever been in a Holy Ghost-filled meeting? Think about this. I wonder if she ever had a chance to be at a Holy Ghost-filled camp of believers where men and women, counselors or speakers or camp helpers were screaming out for lost souls. Think about it tonight. I wonder if we could give her a microphone for five minutes. What Gigi would say even to her father. If they did not go to a good place. I wonder if she would scream out to the world. I wish I would have been a Christian. I wish I would have had a daddy that would have followed in the footsteps of Christ. 
Because the millions and millions and millions of dollars isn't doing her no good tonight. You say, that's not fair that you speak about people that have passed on. Well, I tell you, there's a lot of happy brothers and sisters that have crossed into that other dimension that are very happy tonight. Hallelujah! So when we bring all of these illustrations, and sometimes it's things that affect us locally or globally, but it's to spark our hearts that there are consequences at decisions and um, times of choices of our lives. And I was listening yesterday to Sh- in Shreveport, the message absolute. This is after 63 when Brother Branham was tying achievement to the absolute. He said, you cannot run life without having an absolute. You can't make an achievement without it being an absolute. For it is the final tie post. It's the hitch rack. At the end of the journey, it's a place where you are tied to something. Some of you horse riders or westerners would know what a hitch rack is or a tie post. It's something where you tie your life to. You tie up everything to this. He said in the day that we're living in now, everything is so breaking up and so fragile and carried away. It sounds like he was speaking in February 2020 when everything is breaking up and fragile. Carried away. He said, I think that this message would be very appropriate thing, especially to Christians when they are going through their deep waters now. Maybe it's you tonight. Maybe some are leaning forward or listening very closely because you're in the valley of decision or making a choice or will. For the Lord's sake, deep waters. He said the Christian church is passing through the deepest water it's had for the last 2,000 years. Because we're coming to a spot where there's something presented to Christianity. Something that they have to make a decision on. We have to make a decision on. And I think he said that the Christian church ought to have something that they know that they're tied to. I almost put a picture of this on the screen tonight. He said, instead of just floating about like a leaf on the water, the wind. I want you to imagine tonight a leaf on the water and the wind blows. And that's how a lot of people are in their decisions and their choices. Wherever the wind blows or, you know, whatever it just comes and goes. And that's exactly what Paul talked about. And in the Bible, when it says when winds come and winds of doctrine and things, they blow and the leaf this way and the wind comes, the north wind, the south wind, the east wind and west wind, you'll never get anywhere. You're not stable. The Christian life should be a stabled life. It should be something that's a principle that you're tied to that's more than life itself. And I hear a prophet scream out, we must get them to Christ. Are we getting them to Christ? Not to just a church or a creed or, or to the, to what we think, but are we getting them to Christ? Come to Christ. Leave with Christ. Live with Christ. It ought to be a, a challenge and the measuring stick for all of us. Let's get them to Christ. So that they can make an individual decision and a choice themselves. So that Christ can live with them Monday, Tuesday, 
Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, that in 2020, right decisions are being made. Because men and women have grabbed a hold of a tie post. And it ought not be the preacher or the deacon or just somebody older that is your 911 call. It ought to be Christ. We have Christ. We have all of this and we have Christ too. We are blessed tonight. We are blessed to know that in this time of trouble and deep water, we have something we're tied to. Now, what really struck me was these next few words, because Brother Branham goes deep now into personal lives. He said, you must have something that you're tied to. Some people are tied to their business. Some are tied to their families. Some are tied to a creed. Some are tied to the army post. We have different things that we're tied to. But I think as a Christian, we ought to be tied where we know it's right. Because you might be tied to your family and your wife could leave you. You might be tied to the army and you might get killed. You might be tied to any different things and it's got an end. But there has got to be a final tie post. There's got to be something that man has got to tie for his eternal destination. Because if you're going to trust in your work, when your work is finished, it's done. When your family is taken, it's over. Thank God for that brother that lost some of his children in the ocean. And, and he had that inspiration. It is well with my soul. So it wasn't tied to just his children. It was tied to the anchor that's deeper than that. You might be tied to a husband or a wife and they might leave you. You've got to be tied deeper than that. It's got to be tied deeper than if our children serve the Lord or don't serve the Lord. It's got to go deeper than that. And our responsibility goes deeper than that. Our decisions... Let's make sure they go deeper than our business or our families or the army or definitely politics. Politics is dividing nations and countries. There is nothing that is secure anymore. They've literally lost their mind. And their attitude is very arrogant that if you don't see it my way, there's no way other to see it. They will badmouth you, target you, kill your influence. And I pray that spirit never come into the church. Politics is not for the church of the living God. This church is not built on politics. It's built on faith, virtue, knowledge, temperance. Come on, friends. And if the capstone's ever going to come down, it's got to be honed down on a people. Perfect faith. Arrogancy's got to leave. Temper's got to leave. Know-it-all's got to leave. A willingness to, a lack of willingness to repent has got to leave. And it should start from the older generation. Where there's a willingness to admit, I am wrong. You'll never see it in your children if it's not in the elders of the church. Forgive me if I hurt your feelings. I left a lot of notes at home on that. But it's nothing but the truth. How can the older generation expect the younger generation to repent and live right when the older generation is set in their ways, know-it-alls, never do, does nothing wrong, and if they do, they'll make up some reason to, you shouldn't say nothing about it. That's arrogant spirit. 
The older ones can never require holiness from the younger generation. If the way of holiness is a lifestyle that comes from the Holy Ghost. And it cannot be required of individuals to be holy. It's an attribute of the Holy Ghost. It's get to Christ first and they'll live holiness. You say, well, you know, maybe I failed in that area. Maybe I'm bearing the consequences of trying to force someone underneath you. To live a certain way. There's no better time than right now. To say Lord I'm wrong. Forgive me. Do something in my heart. Right while I'm sitting in the pew. You you don't need an altar call and a prayer line. To get your heart right. Can you say amen. Right Right in your pew. You can say Lord I'm sorry. I'm wrong. Forgive me. You can be filled with the Holy Ghost right there. We can just carry right on with the service. We're not in a day of mourning and waiting, waiting all night and tarrying. If there's something in you that is restricting the Holy Ghost, you need to lay that down. There's consequences for being stubborn. There's serious consequences for people that will not follow the Lord. In the Old Testament, you can read all about it. Carried right through to the book of Acts where they, they, their children had to walk through fire. They were burning their children. And God told them never do that. Don't burn your young people. Say I'd never do that brother John. But they burn with lust. They burn with passion. They they, they burn with other things. And who's turning the switch? Who opened the door to that? Who provided that cell phone or internet? You're allowing your children to walk through the fire. It's exactly what the Bible says. We should not to do. There's a Holy Ghost fire that we want to experience in the church of the living God. Don't you want to see consequences, positive consequences? I know I do. Where is this automatic where men and women are just, they're just, they're hungering, burning up with that desire. I know you do. As Brother Branham went on to speak about this tie post. And for me to live is Christ. And die is gain. Christ should be our absolute tonight. He should be the final say. And as he's come down now. And filled us with the Holy Ghost. That's God separating himself. And finally in this absolute message. He said. See we are not a divided people. We've got to be in unity. Because each one of us is holding a part of God. And we must come together. We must come together. And then the pillar of fire is manifested in the wholeness. In the fullness of it. When his church sits together in heavenly places. Then the fullness of the power of God is in his church. Each one of us holding spiritual gifts and spiritual offices coming together brings that pillar of fire back again. Oh God, grant it to Cloverdale Bible Way. This year, that spiritual gifts and spiritual offices would come together and bring that pillar of fire back again. For the glory of God, grant it, Lord Jesus. Decisions. And choices. Now in this day of great pressure. Satan is coming with all kinds of his spirits and temptations at every junction. 
Just alert yourself right now. At every junction and crossroad, there's counterfeits. They rise up, stand against the word of God, seeking to devalue the word, deface the word, make it of no value to you and I. But it's time that there be choices and decisions of men and women that as we come to these uh, junctions and crossroads that we're looking for God to demonstrate himself and his power at this crossroad. I'm taking that out of junction of time and then into shalom. I'm just taking a little review from last Sunday. As Brother Branham speaks about how God allows trials to come, even in the hour of death. Uh, Many times God allows things to happen in our lives. Maybe you get a sick baby. What's it to do? It's to break you down, to break you away, to show you something, to open your eyes. Maybe somebody's here to criticize. Brother Branham said, maybe you come to criticize. Maybe you're listening to this tape to criticize. Maybe God's doing that to break some of the worldly bands that's got you bound down. He permits junctions and crossroads to do that. I don't know if Brother Stephen is here that just immigrated from India. Is he here tonight? He sat on the front row here. Uh, He's not by... Not be here tonight, but he just sat over here. He's uh, back again after being here two years ago. Just immigrated now. So let's welcome him the next time you see Brother Stephen from India. And we see here, as I was praying with him this morning, uh, this came to my heart when Brother Branham said, The future, that's in his hand. Stand like they did and don't give way. Talking about the three Hebrew children when they were in the fire. The fire only burned off the bands. Daniel, when he got into the lion's den, wasn't praying his last prayer. He was under the anointing. There was a work for him to do. If you're in the lion's den tonight, make a decision and make a choice. And watch God back up your life. Brother Branham said it's growing pains when you have persecution. It's good for you. God permits crosses and crossroads and junctions to perfect you in his service. That's your growing pains. So tonight, as we reviewed some of those things, I want to come to a major illustration tonight. But these things ought to mean something to us. Even if a minister quotes them or if he reads them from his notes or by inspiration, it's good for us to feed off the word. When a prophet said the word is in the bride, the mind of Christ, to know what he wants done with the word, you have a liberty to say, I want to know what you want done in this situation. To have thus saith the Lord or to keep still. That's from the church age book. You might remember when he's speaking about they have thus saith the Lord or they keep still. That God didn't complete all his ministry work while he was here in his earthly ministry. So now he's working through the bride. She knows that. So it doesn't take nothing away from Jesus. Doesn't take anything away from the prophet. When you hear uh, God challenging you to step in for service or step into your place, that's not taking anything away from Brother Branham. In fact, that's bringing glory to God. That finally there's a people on the earth that under their messenger, this is Laodicean church age, under their messenger will be the final voice to the final age. 
So with that on our lips tonight, I'm just turning you to an illustration that's been on our hearts for several weeks. But before I get there, I I want you to remember how we closed last Sunday night. And the man that had went from party to party on Christmas Eve and had drank a lot of spirits and got under the influence. And he's stumbling and staggering around as he tries to walk home. Do you remember that? And he looked behind him and wondered why his seven-year-old son or lad would be zigzagging and falling all over. And when he asked his son, his son said, Daddy, I'm trying to step in your steps. And in influence, Brother Bradham said that's more than an example because it's the truth that your children, you set the pace for them. Now, when we speak about consequences, don't let it be condemnation. Let it be a challenge. Do you look back in your past and there's a lot of stumbling and falling and zigzagging from those that come behind you? Let it be like it was in this father that said, God, forgive me. And he never drank again. Then the word ought to be something to us that when we approach now that young man or that young lady or the situation because of humility and God revealing that you've been under the wrong spirit, the wrong spirits, influence, that you take that to heart and say, God, I want my decisions. I want my choices to be right. Now, I have this in front of you, this picture of a burning dump. Because I want to go into this illustration of standing in the gap. This is 1963, June the 23rd. And I want to spend some time here. Because that's our subject tonight on consequences of decisions and choices. How many believe that Brother Branham had the Holy Ghost? About half of you. How many believe Brother Branham had the Holy Ghost? This is 1963 after the seals. He was a prophet of God. He was the last prophet to the Gentiles. He was a minister of the gospel. He had been serving the Lord for many, many years. And I said that tonight so that you and I can hear the word and apply it to our points of decision and and choices. That if Brother Branham could have a complex, and in this message... It's a quote. He said, I built myself a complex. That if a prophet of God with the Holy Ghost could get into a frame of mind and start thinking a certain way, it wasn't the mind of Christ and it wasn't the will of God. It wasn't thus saith the Lord. Because we're going to see how quickly it changed. That ought to give us encouragement that if Satan could war in a prophet's mind, in a prophet's spirit, and in his life, Don't you think that Satan will also battle you and I? Let's agree tonight. If Satan will battle a prophet, then in these same areas of human life of choices and decisions and plans for the future, now we come into standing in the gap. Brother Branham said, in my mind, I had made up my mind I was going to go up to Bud's because he's in a bad shape up there as a hunter. And I dreamed, I had a funny dream, an odd dream. And he started to talk about this was last 
October or November. So this is June 1963. He's reaching back to 1962 when he preached standing um, statue of a perfect man, blasphemous names. Right around that time, Brother Branham had a funny dream, an odd dream. And he says, I hope my when my brother-in-law gets a hold of this, it don't hurt his feelings. And I hope I don't hurt my wife, who's sitting present now. But she knows it. Some months ago, it was around October or November, I dreamed that I was roaming out in the dark and I had no place to go and nobody cared for me. And I had become a bum, just a bum. And I was cold and I looked in the distance and I saw fire. And when I got over there, it was a city dump and they had ditches and the fire was in those ditches and between the ditches was like, was slick where bums could sleep in there and keep warm to keep from freezing between those fires on a cold winter night. And I was cold. And I walked up to this fire to get warm. Now remember tonight I'm speaking this on complexes and how a believer's life, a frame of mind can get into a place because it really relates to your life and my life. He's in a dream and he's speaking about this place. And it looked like they had like stalls or places where they're sleeping. And I saw my brother-in-law, Fletcher Broy. And Fletcher, how I remembered him. He's a good kid. Maybe this, he said, might be a lesson to the young children. I remember a few years ago, a handsome young man, James Fletcher Broy. He got with the wrong crowd and took his first drink. I remember him calling me behind the curtains in my house and my, his daddy had gone on to glory years ago. But he, he at that time, his daddy was out there picking a guitar on the hill far away, stood an old rugged cross. And Fletcher called me back behind some curtains and he said, Brother Bill, pray for me. Listen to that piece my daddy is playing and I've been drinking today. And I said, Fletcher, about 18 years old, I said, don't go that route. Don't go that route. But he never listened. And he went on. And he become a complete alcoholic. There's consequences. That's what I'm speaking on tonight. A young man making the wrong choice. There's consequences. And his wife left him and his children. So now Brother Branham's given the story of his own brother-in-law lost his wife. Lost his children and God knows I love him. I went to pray for him just a bum. I went to pray for him not long ago when he got hurt during the seven seals. So here's Brother Branham in June. Looking back to the seven seals. Relating to Fletcher Broy, his brother-in-law. And he said, Fletch, I've got a couple suits. I've got a couple suits up here I'd like to give you. He said, don't do it, Brother Bill. I knowed he had no clothes. And I said, why don't you take the clothes? He said, well, he looked at me. You know what I would do with them. I'd pawn them and get drunk. I said, I'll give you a little money, Fletch. No, no, don't do it, Brother Bill. I I don't want you to do it. He's a real good guy at heart. But he become an alcoholic and a bum. And his wife has took the wrong road. Consequences. He lost his wife. He lost his children. Now, Brother Branham adds, his wife took the wrong road. And oh, just everything has happened to him. And when I woke up 
he started to talk about when he woke up and Flet said to me, it was a dream. He said, Billy, I'll hunt you a place, Brother Bill. You fed my children and when they were hungry, you was a daddy to them and I'll find you a place here to keep warm. I'm just hurrying along because I know it's hard to focus uh, when a minister's just reading, but just catch the story. And Fletcher was speaking to him. And now Brother Branham in his dream, he's walking up and down where these bums places and finally come to a place. He said, I'll just sit down here and said, I'll walk up here and see if I can find a place. He's in a city dump similar to this. And I walked up and looked out into the dark, cold night. And I thought, think of this. One time God Almighty let me lead his church. One time he let me preach his gospel and see souls saved and men and women would come from around the world to speak to me for a few minutes and here I am now a bum. And nobody wants me and I'm cold. What must I do? And I woke up. Think about this. And I told my wife, he said, and and I said, maybe it means that Fletch is in need. So they hurried up and they went down and tried to find him and went on. Now, Brother Branham goes on and he's in standing in the gap relating back. He said, so I came down from Canada. These things are important as you keep it in your heart. Come down from Canada with Fred, talking about Fred Sothman and them the other day. And in my mind, I had it made up. Think about a prophet with the Holy Ghost had his mind made up. If those people don't want to hear my message... They don't have to. He said, I've preached for 35 years and the last 15 to 18, I've done nothing but serve the Lord. See, he started to build up a complex in his heart against the people. People said, Brother Branham, he goes on and he said, I I came to a place I didn't move till he told me to move. And some of us would say, oh, that's the way you ought to be. But Brother Branham said, the last few months, he didn't tell me nothing. What was God doing? He was molding a prophet. So I come down from Canada, Billy and I come on in Brother Fred's truck. That night we traveled most the night and the next day and on the next day we left Helena, Montana. I'll just move to the next slide. Helena, Montana was coming on down towards the border and he started to talk about how he could stay up late at night till nine and I'd get sleepy and I got to sleep. Billy wants to sleep. Till about 9 or 10 in the morning. So it was good for them to trade off and trade on as they're driving down. So about 4 o'clock the next morning, I was driving and Billy was sleeping. And we went into a place. And I was thinking in my mind, here's Brother Branham driving months after a dream. And his mind is still on a complex. He said, you know what? One of these days, as soon as I can get the wife up there, and I won't tell her what I'm going to do. But I'll get up there and then I'm going to tell her. I love this place so well. No need of us going anywhere else. Let's just stay here. He's talking about up north. He had in his mind, mind, I'm going to go up north. And I won't tell her. That's way back in from civilization. 1,100 miles from anywhere. Way in the wilderness. I thought, won't that be fine? I, I won't have to get a haircut. I won't have to dress up. And I'll just be a regular mountaineer. Why does everybody chuckle when you say that to me? It's amazing how everybody just wants to live in a place where we can be free and do the way we want to do. Nothing wrong with that, but we've got to stay in God's will. 
So Brother Bradham thought, oh man, I won't have to get a haircut, won't have to dress up, and I'd be a regular mountaineer, what I always wanted to be. I've got some guns, some people give me, I'll be a guide, and I'll just love it. Then if the Lord tells me to go down and tell somebody something, I'll run out and tell them and come back again, and I'll help Bud. We'll have really have a real... And, and I was thinking on that. Isn't it amazing how we can just be thinking and thinking and thinking and way out on a limb somewhere, 1,100 miles away? And that's not the mind of Christ. I was thinking like that. And then he said they went into a little restaurant to eat. A little place in the mountain. Just about 7 o'clock. And it was getting a little late. So I woke Billy up. And he was talking about needing gasoline. And they saw this old man. I'm just going to paraphrase some of this. Because he had on a pair of overalls. And riding boots. And big black hat. And whiskers down on his face like that. And. My, he just thought, I was admiring him. Come into the restaurant and ordered some pancakes. And there was about 15 or 20 other people. And this man had to sneeze. And he let out a great big, My, Brother Bannum said, look like the window's blasted. And when he did, nobody dared to say nothing. And I thought, Listen to this. Billy, there's a man after my own heart. Now, now this is how you can be thinking something and somebody right in your own family says, Dad, you don't want to be like that. Dad, you don't want to be. And Brother Branham said, that, that's me in the future. That's me. It's amazing how we can already get ourselves going down the road a certain way. And that's not the mind of Christ. God had to change his mind. And I'm, I'm bringing this whole illustration. Don't get bored with it. To ask the Lord tonight. What is it going to take for you and I? An experience. A revelation. An encounter. A crossroad. A junction. To let you know what is his will for your life. To maybe shake someone. Hallelujah. So I just sat there a little bit. And Billy looked up at me and kept on eating his pancakes. And I was finished mine in a few minutes. We were kind of in these booths, you know, with these boards way up. And I couldn't see around. And a man got up, just exactly my profile, about 75 years old. A little bitty fella. His clothes tied on him ragged and that buddy got up with him was Fletcher Broy. Exactly. Do you remember? That's his brother-in-law. And here's a man come up in the restaurant and it looked just exactly like Fletcher Broy. Gray hair hanging in his face. And Billy looked at me and he said, Daddy, that looks like you and Fletcher. And Brother Bradham said, you can imagine how I felt. Because Brother Branham was going through an exp- a spiritual experience. Billy Paul didn't know what was he was even thinking. Friends, we can be right around someone that is thinking to do a certain thing. And it's not the thoughts of God. And we need to be careful with one another. We need to be honest with one another, but we need to be careful. Here's a prophet of God already down a way of thinking. God had his hands on a prophet in the next few minutes was going to change his whole direction. Maybe tonight God has his hand upon your life 
And it could change the whole course of someone's life that's here. I believe in that. That looks like Fletcher. Daddy, that looks like you and Fletcher. And you can imagine how I felt. And this little fella looked like me and he wobbled. It looks like they'd been over a campfire. Smoke all over them, dirty faces. And I think their breakfast, maybe the man paid 20 cents, a cup of coffee or something. And my heart bounced within me and I watched. And Billy said, what's the matter with you? Maybe that's just saying verbally what some of you have thought about someone. What's the matter with them? Billy's picking it up with his daddy. What's the matter with you? I said, nothing. And I watched that and they went around and went out. He said, daddy, what's the matter? I said, nothing. We got in the car and he said, do you mind driving again? I said, no. He said, I'm still sleepy. So he went to sleep and I went speeding down the road about 55 miles an hour in the truck over the mountains Coming on down towards the border. I want you to look on the screen tonight and look at this photo. I want you to think of how many, maybe millions or thousands of years, this mountain was there. But as the prophet is going up and down the mountains and going around the corner and stopping for gas and stopping for a restaurant and stopping at a certain thing, having communion and fellowship with his son that's not understanding, they're getting closer and closer to God, taking a prophet, taking his heart and showing him something that was going to change the course of his life. Friends, maybe somebody here tonight is just on the verge. Of God revealing to you secrets that's in His heart. I would open up your heart to it. If I was you, I would open up your mind first and your heart to God. This is where the interest is, right here. Brother Tom laid that out pretty clear. This morning, there's a Super Bowl going on right now. There's millions of people glued to a little ball. This is the focus. Sons and daughters of God finding their place. I'm going through a whole story. I'm taking some of your time. God dealt with a prophet, but he's dealing with you and I. Here it is. So Billy Paul went to sleep. Brother Branham's driving down the road in the truck over the mountain, coming down through the border, getting closer to Arizona. I was coming down now through Utah and there and I got there coming down the mountain about 20 miles out of the city. And he said, I know it sounds neurotically. I know it sounds neurotically, but a voice got to talking. A voice got to talking. And I got talking to him. And it said, carry out your plans and you'll be like that. I don't want to be too abrupt with anyone here. But if that's your case tonight, you need to listen to the word. If you carry out your plans, you're going to be a bum. Spiritual bum. Carry out your plans and you'll be like that. I said, Lord, I don't want to be like that. And the voice said, your wife will go too. She won't live up there in them hills like that. And you'll become a bum just as the dream showed you you would be. And I said, I don't want to be that. I I don't want to have to live like that. I want to do something different. And Brother Branham's talking to, to the voice. 
He said, but I was using my own excuse so I could hunt my own good. And then the voice is speaking back to him because he was saying, Brother Branham was saying, you called me to be a prophet and these people are rejecting me. And and he, Brother Branham was being dealt with directly by the voice and how he had more gifts than just praying for the sick and thanks. Why do you wait for me to move you every time you move? Where is your reward? This is the voice. Talking to a man of God. Why are you always waiting for me? I mean, all of us probably would say, that's what we need to do, Brother John. But here's the voice of God saying, why do you wait for me to move every time you move? Where is your reward? Then I sing. And then it said, do you remember? You forgot the feeling of the people. You forgot the call that I called you to. And I let the sick lay and I want the Lord to tell me where to go and not to go. That's wrong. And I had built myself a complex because the people didn't hear my message. Now he's being honest, driving down the road. And I said, Lord, how could I with no education, no grammar school and things? People would stand in rows and everywhere to hear a simple message. And then I was talking and I heard it talking to me. And it left me. I said, Billy, remember Billy sitting over here, Billy, and he was sound asleep. I said, Billy, was that you? He didn't even wake up. And I thought, Lord God, and I slowed down my car down. What does this mean? And I said, Billy, Billy said, what do you want? You're talking to me. No. Why? I said, I want to tell you something. I dreamed a dream not long ago. And you remember seeing that guy that looked like me and Fletch. Ask mother when you get back to Tucson. I told her the dream and said, Billy, there's something is happening. It's going on now. Something was talking to me and I thought it was you. And he looked at me kind of strange about like we look at one another sometimes and we don't really understand. God help us to be better friends to one another. And I begin to wonder. So in a few minutes, he went back to sleep again. And I was driving along, thinking about what could that mean? Driving right on the road all at once. Here it come talking again. And he said, return. Exclamation mark. Brother Ken. Brother Branham says that the voice speaks back to him. Return. Then it all began to come to me and I began to wonder. Starts talking about Moses and how the Lord had called him and called Brother Branham. Do the work of an evangelist. Make full proof of your ministry. And he goes on. Don't quit them then. Keep going. That all came into my mind. And I pray tonight wherever your mind has been. Thinking about this and thinking about that. That now the voice of God would bring things right back into your mind again. Come back into your mind. Are we all together tonight? And now he said, as Billy and I started on down the road and I started going down the road, Billy went to sleep again and it said, I'll give you an everlasting sign. I said, Lord, I waited a little bit and nothing happened. Think about this. Driving 55 miles an hour, God was waiting for the precise moment. For the precise. And this is a photo of Brother Branham in front of the mountain. Can you see the road? Can you see the fence posts? We don't know the valleys and the turns and the jump, but there had to be a certain time, but it was there all the time. 
Friends, God has been waiting and waiting and having patience. But I wonder tonight if God wants to take your picture next to a moment when He can deal with you personally. That mountain was there all the time. But it was just waiting for a prophet. I just love this. I could stay here for about 20 minutes, but we got to move right along. Amen. I'll give you an everlasting sign. I thought, Lord, what is the everlasting sign? And I waited a few minutes. And just then I looked over to see Billy, but he was asleep. And he said, I'll give you an everlasting sign. Look westward from where you are. And my, I turned my head like this over in the truck to look. And I slowed down. And my, the Spirit of the Lord, I felt like I could scream and cry. And I looked and I just saw a mountain with white caps on it. And I said, I don't know. See no everlasting sign about that. He said, your name is wrote all over it. I thought, what is that? And I got real weak and I started stopping. And Billy raised up. He said, what's the matter with you? And I pulled my hands like this in perspiration, dropping off my hand. And it was snowing. I said, Billy, something's happening. At one time, I know where I've gone wrong. And I know where I failed God. Oh, wouldn't that be wonderful, brothers? If Not a minister, but God to come to our people. If we can just get them to Christ. Then God comes to the young people. Middle-aged, old people. Here is dealing with a prophet. I trust this helps somebody. And I could see the sick lines laying everywhere and I had to stop. Billy didn't know what was taking place. And I looked up and I stopped and I looked up on the mountain. And I seen those seven hills. He said there were seven peaks on the top of the mountain. One mountain that run for several miles and the last mountain before you go into the other country. No more other mountains after that. And it was running from east to west. Here it is from east to west. Can you see it? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Do you all see that here? Maybe you don't. You need to go home and look at it a little closer. The first two small peaks and then a large peak and then another small peak and then a larger peak and And a snow-capped mountain. I thought, Lord, I don't understand. How many peaks are there? And I said, there's seven. How many letters are in your name? Branham, Marion, William, William, Marion, Branham. Seven. Seven, seven. And there was three outstanding peaks. And he goes into the first, second pool. And he said, you know the sign in the hand. Then there was a little interval in there. With a time that I was taken off from being too tired. Who remembers that time? And he gave himself to the ministry. But he got too tired. It was God training a prophet of how to handle his gift. Some of you right in this building tonight are going through certain mountaintops and valleys. And we need the Holy Spirit to help our people. I know we don't have time to talk about it here, but... When he said there was a little interval in there, the time I was taken off from being too tired. I wonder what would have happened if Brother Branham would have just quit. Threw in the towel, walked away. We wouldn't have the story be the same. And you say, something keeps holding me. It's the same God. 
holding the bride. Because he knows we have to go through these mountains and peaks. And when we're tired, when we're weary, when Satan comes in like a flood and buffets you for months and months. That doesn't mean you're not a daughter or a son of God. Take courage tonight. Many of you remember in the discernment in the second pool and how he had these years of peaks and, and number three and he goes on. He's, and the voice said to Brother Branham, I stopped and I showed it to Billy and I looked at them. I said, and then the voice said to him, let that stand. If there is ever a doubt in your mind, remember this place and come back here. You know, our children need that kind of an experience. Our daddies, our mommies, you that have come in freshly to the message. It's more than just quoting out of a book. It's more than a preacher just getting inspired. It's the Holy Ghost coming to you. Touching your life. Oh, that's on the right hand side of the road. You know what's happening on the next side. Billy punched me in the shoulder. Billy is punching his dad. He said, Daddy, look eastward. And how it ever happened, I don't know. But there on the east side of the road was that burning dump. Miles and miles from any kind of a city. An old rubbish heap dump laying there on the left hand side of the road. Just as close is your glory and God's perfect will for your life. Is if you keep thinking the way you're thinking, you're going to be a bum and live in a garbage place. I'm speaking tonight. The Holy Ghost is speaking tonight. Right on one side is the word of God. I wonder if you can take this inspiration tonight up from the Holy Spirit. God gave Brother Branham an understanding of his life, different stages of his life, and that gave him victory. I wonder if God would give you or I a personal revelation and an understanding of what we're going through. That would give some of you the greatest victory in your life. I'm not talking about your baptism, your salvation, or when God first, when you first believed. I'm talking about now in your journey. Understanding there's consequences. Are we all together? He's a prophet of God. With the Holy Ghost. But in his mind he's thinking about going off. And and the voice said. Go ahead with your plans. And your wife will leave you. Your children will leave you. I tell you tonight. What God showed a prophet was positive. He found himself in the word. That is the greatest need of the hour. Do you know what that did for a prophet? He's standing in the gap. This is the last quote out of standing in the gap. What that did for a prophet, he saw the sign of the word. Then he saw the dump. Then a prophet screams out, I am returning to the field. Old or young, live or die, I'll obey God until death shall set me free. And I believe with all my heart if God would do that for somebody here at this crucial crossroad and junction of your life to let you know that with the right choice and the right decision. Here, this is what it did for a prophet. He said, I'm returning to the field. Young or old, live or die, I'll obey God until death shall set me free. 
Let me encourage you tonight before we close. A burning dump? This is Brother Branham's family. His wife, his two sons down on your right-hand side. Billy Paul was older from Sister Hope. Now these other, the other children, Rebecca, Sarah, and Joseph. This is the Branham family. This is what the voice said. That burning dump, an old rubbish heap dump. Here's another picture. God was showing him, it's either your family or a burning old rubbish heap dump. It was happiness and joy in the will of God for your life or a dark cold night as a spiritual bum out of the will of God. And tonight, we're at the very same road. Aren't you so thankful that what God did for a prophet to allow a whole mountain chain? It's it's amazing. That whole mountain was displaying what God was doing for a man. God allowed him to come to the very mile, the the very junction to let him know, I'm with you. But now Brother Branham had to make the decision. You look to the right and you see this. You look to the left and here you have it. Tonight, we stand at the same road. All of us do. There's consequences. There's things we're going through. There's things that try to derail us and move us from God's purpose. It it could be the devil. Could be ourselves. It could be others. But our own flesh is our greatest enemy. Say, I want a quote for that. Okay, proving his word. What is a gift, Brother Branham? Something that you take? No, it's something you know how to get yourself out of the way. See, as long as you're there, it'll never work. William Branham is the greatest enemy I've got. But when I get him out of the way, see, then Jesus Christ can use the body. Tonight, it's nothing but the truth. You or I can put our name there. It's nobody else. It's not even the devil. Because the word is a greater match for the devil. Any place, any time, anywhere. We've heard that for years. But now it's time to step into the word. And say, if I've got God on my right hand. I've got him in my heart. Then whether young or old, live or die. We need to make a decision. And give our choice. It doesn't matter what complex. What's happening in our lives? Now, this could be a whole nother service, but I'll give it to you in about one minute. And standing in the gap, Brother Branham's preaching this. He comes to the end of the service. And there's a brother called Brother Way that he had had an interview with. And he talks about Brother Way publicly from behind the pulpit. And as they're closing, Brother Way falls dead. How many know? In the Sunday night service... Flashing red light of his coming. Brother Branham talks about that and says, Brother Way was resenting Brother Branham talking about him having a complex. Not Brother Branham. Because as long as we can talk about Brother Branham, put it on the screen. Oh yeah, that's Brother Branham. That's Brother Branham. But when you pick me out and call my name and you met me in a personal interview. Come on now. I'm coming down to our uh, how we think sometimes. Say my name in a service or talk about me or something. And he resented that and he fell dead. But God rich in mercy. 
You can hear it on tape. His, his dear wife, which was a registered nurse, screaming and screaming. Brother Branham just calms the people. And it was on this side of the Branham Tabernacle. Just goes right down, lays hands on him, and he raises from the dead. Hallelujah. It reminds me of Joshua that, that did not seek the Lord in, in the book of Joshua. And the very next battle, believers are killed. But how many know the very next battle after that when they went in to take the city? That was the power of the spoken word. On Joshua, he stopped the sun. It was like God was showing. You have failure. You have faults. But I'm going to prove to this generation it's going to be the word that is the victorious one. Right in a service, a brother has a resentment. God raises him from the dead. Tonight, you ought, that ought to make you so happy. That no matter what you're going through in your complex, in your feelings, in your mind, in your, in your life. Power is in the word to raise you out of that complex, that issue that's so compounded and gotten so intricate and difficult in your life. It's just something that happens that becomes so diverse and things get so assorted and mixed up and it can become a lot of miscellaneous different things. Things are many times not in harmony and become multifaceted and multi-part and just various and it's not simple anymore. And Brother Branham had the people in the tabernacle raise their hands. And I'm not going to do it tonight. But he had them raise their hands that had a complex. It was all over the building. And he said, see, Brother Way, let that be. And like an encouragement. I mean, Brother Branham did it in the morning. Now he's doing it at night. Poor Brother Way, you know, and... Well, he did it the next service in Arkansas. And he went through the whole service again and talked about it. And Brother Way's right in the pew. I thought, Lord, help us, Lord Jesus. <laughs> Things get complicated. Now we have to close tonight. Things might get complicated in your life. Not easy to deal with. They become dense and naughty and involved and thorny. Not simple anymore. It starts going down into person's spirit. Things that are unnecessary. Brother Branham already had in his mind going up north. He had it in his mind. He's thinking about Bud. He wasn't even going to tell his wife. I, I was thinking about this, what his wife would have done. 1100, my brother Tim. 1100 miles up into nowhere, Timbuktu. And this is where we're going to live. Not me. I love you, but where we go. And a lot of you would have done the same thing. But things happen in our lives and we get places and hung up over situations and events, happenings of the past, uncertainty about the future. We all have them. This is my last slide. We all have them. But tonight we're speaking about consequences and I'm going to close with this. Thought that we closed two services ago when we spoke on trusting the Lord. And as we close tonight, I want to ask you the question. Because we can all say, are we trusting the Lord? Are we trusting the Lord? But are you really trusting the Lord? I want you to think about this. Not in a service when everybody's saying, of course we're trusting the Lord. We're not at the Super Bowl. We're not at a pub. You know, Brother Tom, we're here in the house of God. I mean, who's trusting the Lord? Amen. But tomorrow, are we really trusting the Lord? When it really gets down to our lives. 
And in conclusion, you'll remember this. And a man running from the presence of the Lord when Brother Branham speaks about that lady back in the horse and buggy days. When the horses started to run away from her and she was going from church. So she had been where she should be. It's in the horse and buggy days. She's trying to get home in the horse and buggy days and the horses run away. And somebody said, well, what did you do? Said, I trusted the Lord until the lines broke. That's what she said. And Brother Branham said, well, that's the time to trust the Lord. After the lines is broke. Because you're trusting in the lines until they're broke. And I thought, Lord, help us in 2020. We must trust the Lord all the time. Because some trust in their business, some trust in their families, some trust in their money, some trust in their education. You say, I'm trusting, I'm trusting, I'm trusting. You say, what do you do when everything just falls apart and everything seems bad? You say, well, I was trusting in that until this happened. Well, that's when we need to trust in the Lord. And don't let your mind get all frazzled with trying to understand an illustration. It happens to all of us. We, we say we're trusting the Lord. I'm, tr- I'm coming from church. I heard the services today. Then we get in a situation and we're trusting the Lord. We're trusting the Lord. We're trusting the Lord. And we're trusting the Lord. And everything goes. And then the line's broke. And then we just go crazy. We go, ah, what's going on? And Lord Jesus. And are we trusting the Lord? We should be trusting the Lord while we're in church. When we're hitching up the, you know, taking it off the tie post and getting it in our hands. And now it's your time to serve and your time to go. You say, I'm trusting the Lord. I'm not trusting in the lines. Some of your your minds are turning. It's just an illustration. All right. It's just an illustration. I'm only saying it because the prophet said. it. He said, that's the time to trust the Lord. We should be trusting him all the time. Then when the lines break, you say, I don't have anything to do. I'm just hold on. Well, we need to be trusting the Lord. Do you want to trust him? We're in serious time. I mean, it's not a time just to be frolicky and laughing all the time. Just goofy and life is real and life is earnest. That was my last Quote, but I, I mentioned to the young people, some of you might be aware of this, but e- even the world and all of their craziness and weirdness and they're producing in movies and Hollywood and, and they produced the, the last episode of Star Wars. And I'm not interested in seeing it. I don't want to see it. I have no desire to see it. But do you know that even the producers put out a disclaimer and they hung it all over the, the places where they show cinemas and things. It was a disclaimer that the newest Star Wars release, and this is what the disclaimer said. The lighting and the fast flashing lights could cause epilepsy fits in certain people. Scientifically, the producers had produced this movie and with its lighting and, and fast flashing lights, it would cause, if you watch this, a chemical reaction in people's minds, 
in their whole life. It would literally take over their being and produce a physical reaction, which we know from a prophet, it's a demon spirit. But can you imagine a producer producing a movie and them putting out a disclaimer that it'll produce epilepsy in a certain level of the audience? I say it's nothing but the devil. He'll destroy, he'll produce, spend millions in it. And then put something out there. Be careful. Be careful. You might, you might get, there might be some fits and reactions from your body chemically. And then we come to the house of God and many of us remain so unaffected. Unmoved. Let it be more than that, Lord. If they can do that in the natural, what about the spiritual? If that's true in the negative, what about the positive? When the word ought to be causing a reaction chemically. When we make ourselves available and surrender and God begins to do things subconsciously. Some of you are on the road of life and you've been going up and down and around the corner and around the bend and you think that it's just going in the wrong direction and God has been waiting to give you an everlasting sign. Not just for a prophet, but for you. If I was you tonight and hearing what you've heard in the last hour, I would say, Jesus, you've left choices, you've left decisions now in the body of Christ. And I'm part of that body. I need your Holy Spirit. What you did for one, you can do for me. Reveal yourself to me. And it might be where people around you are saying, what is wrong to you? What is the matter? And you don't even know God's doing something in your life. Why don't you put it over to the spiritual and say, God, it's your decision. It's your choice. And it's either going to be a dump full of a future of spiritual nothingness. Or there's going to be a future where you get back up on the road again. Tinker, tinker, tinker. And you get back up on the road of life and you say, whatever happens, I'm going to serve Christ. I want God's will for my life. Whatever happens to anybody around me. And here Brother Branham went to his destination. Keep traveling on, sister, brother. As we bow our heads tonight, whatever's happening in your mind or your spirit or your body, let your soul cry out. Lord Jesus, reveal. Give me that kind of an experience, God. Not just an experience of salvation or an initial baptism or just a feeling that happened maybe years or a testimony of someone else. Give me a personal encounter. Where Lord Jesus, I can look at these consequences of men and women in the scripture now through a prophet. And I can say, Lord Jesus, reveal to me the secrets that's in your heart. And let my mind start thinking the way you would have me to think about this. Lord, I surrender everything to you. I give you my heart. I give you my soul. I live for you alone, Lord. I mean, just love a great big torrential downpour as it was, as we've had over the last couple days. And it fills up the trenches and fills up the ditches and fills up the rivers. And, oh, God, let that spiritually happen now as we come in in winter camp and as we come into these seasons and maybe junctions in your life and crossroads.
that the Lord Jesus would do something spiritual in our lives. Maybe some are even in that valley or in that point. And God would show you to the left of that burning dump. And he would say, if you keep going in this way. And your heart saying, Lord, I don't want that in my life. I don't want that in my future. It's his warning, warning, warning of love. It's the gentle Holy Spirit giving you a vote of confidence. Say, but this happened in this chapter, Brother John. Look at it. It's black and white. This happened. Why don't you let the Lord rewrite another chapter, Joshua, Caleb, believers of the message. Why don't you say, Lord, write another chapter. I need some more light in this situation. I need thus, saith the Lord. I want my thoughts to be, I want my actions to be thus, saith the Lord. Is that in the congregation tonight? Is that desire here present? You like to say, God, you're sensitizing us now. You're sensitizing us to our actions and our moves. Now even our thoughts, Lord Jesus. Oh, God. Father, if you can get Jesus, one man under your control. And then take the same spirit that was in him and put it in a body. Can't that body begin to operate and move the same way that you did? And as we've sought to do tonight, forgive us in our little humble way to show what you did through a prophet. For him to be so open about it. For us to be able to hear it and apply it now tonight to us in our situation in February 2000. And 20. Sometimes I hear the brothers minister as we heard this morning. Brother Tim ministers. Brother Murphy ministers. Brother Tom. Brother Ken. Brother Ernie. Brother Bisco, and others that visit. And I say, are we hearing prophecy being spoken? Open our eyes, Lord. Open our ears. Open our hearts. We pray for one another that as we walk through these tunnels of life and valleys and mountains and go through quiet times with some and loud times with others, that we be faithful brothers and sisters. That we be less quick to judge and write off one another or write off someone, but let us get in the burden and get in their shoes and realize the temptations that every generation has is ten times more than and Lord we have even in the service tonight three to four generations of those that have been raised in the message and believe the message time has gone on and the cycle keeps turning as we've all gotten older and throughout the message ranks around the world certain ones their focus is being turned to their health or to certain things that they never thought they'd be facing help us be more sensitive more understanding as we heard through the absolute tonight Jesus let us put our gifts together in unity 
Because of that is the pillar of fire. Bless your holy name tonight. We bless your name, Lord. We want to water this word now with our praises before we go. We love you with all of our hearts. Let our lives, let the consequences be positive. And help us where there has been zigzagging and falling in our past. And we've set the wrong pace. I pray that we would not throw ourselves quickly or throw someone else to the side quickly. But let us say, Lord, get under the right spirits and the right influence. And from these moments on, we want to walk straight and orderly in the mind of Christ. As we stand, I'll trade sunshine for rain. There's some decisions going on and there's some choices being made and things happening this week in some families and individuals. Let's pray for that sister, that brother. Let's pray for the leadership of God and healing to be in that situation and deliverance. Give an answer for that, Lord Jesus, and a release for that brother, that sister, Lord Jesus. We pray for one another. Lay hands on one another in Jesus' name. Let the love of God and the brotherly kindness flow out of us, Lord Jesus. We ask for healing this week and for the great physician to be present in in situations that some we know about, many we don't know about, Lord. Maybe it's financial. Maybe it's through a time of sickness in a body or in a spirit realm, in a mind, Lord. Maybe there's spiritual matters in marriages and in homes and lives, Lord. That, Lord, I pray, Father, you give us the Holy Spirit. Give us the mind of Christ, as we read in the scripture. The mind of Christ, Lord. For we have the mind of Christ. Lord, don't let it just be quotes out of our minds, but let it be down in our hearts now, Lord, where we know what you want done in this matter, Jesus. Would you take over the situation when it seems like all is lost, when it seems like we're going down an empty highway? Lord, as we turn the corner, let there be an everlasting sign. Let there be a signpost and a witness to every son and daughter of God that is in the sound of our voice and globally around this world. When it seems like Satan comes in with these counterfeits and trouble, let there be a resurrection of life and power, healings and miracles. And oh, Jesus, Lord, as we have some burdens upon our hearts right now, may you go out to them, Lord, and take away cancers, Lord, and take away back problems and issues that are laying in tumors that can be hidden from doctors, but are not hidden from the Lord Jesus. 
Oh, Father, may a sister, a brother that's been thinking thoughts and in a certain mind frame that is not the thoughts of God, may you quickly return them back, Lord. Return them back to the mind of Christ. That as a body we would operate and move and function with thus saith the Lord. We humbly receive the commission. As the baton is pressed into our hands, as the sword is placed within our grasp, may we not shirk and step back, Lord, but may we step forward and we humbly ask you to forgive us of our sin and our past failings and zigzagging and missteps, Lord, causing others to to not pace well behind us. Oh, Father, forgive us of that, Lord. May we walk forward tonight after hearing this morning that we are a blessed people. Tonight we are a blessed people. To confess that the Lord Jesus Christ is reigning within our lives. Lord, go with us this week, Lord. Go with every person, every believer. May you turn the light on in situations. May husbands and wives be reconciled. May children and teenagers find a place at your feet, Jesus. May middle-aged and older ones, Lord, as we humble ourselves to one another, let us encourage one another and reach across and reach down and do what we can to make life a little easier. Oh, Jesus, we pray for one another tonight that your hands would go with us, that you abide deep down within the choices and decisions that we are making on your behalf. Go with us now and we bless every life. Every situation we give to you. Our tie post is in you, Lord. Let us feed from this message this week and open up the scriptures and find it written there. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Let's, let's leave tonight singing this, Brother Ryan. He abides, he abides. Brother Tom said that this morning and I wrote it down, Brother Tom. He abides, he abides. He that the comforter. We'll sing verse 1 and then we'll shake hands at the chorus. I'm rejoicing night and day as I walk.